Welcome to episode 141 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Monday night, February 22nd, and we are here to talk about the Daredevil Season 2 trailer and DC's Rebirth, the big kickstart of their new universe at the end of May. But before we get into Daredevil and DC, an episode of D's tonight. We're in the dark. No lights. Only lit by our, our laptops. I don't know if I call this romantic. No. It, there's there's ambiance, but it's not romance beyonce. It's definitely the, it's the jacking off <laughs> <laughs> kind of vibe to it. Oh, man. That's, Di- digital that's, lust. That's absolutely filthy and one of the most honest things we've said and matt has now just turned all the lights off so now we're in prime time stroke mode (laughs) (laughs) Woo! well why don't we uh why don't we get right into stroke mode and get the housekeeping with ian sharply why don't you show us how you keep your house on (laughs) yeah put all those crusty socks away (laughs) oh really no, no, I can never get into that. No, that's that's that seems awkward and extra clean up in a weird way. Yeah, it really does. Just just head to the bathroom while you're while you're mm. at it. We're gonna talk a little bit about rebirth tonight. DC's rebirth, rebooting their universe, which has gone astray. Oh boy, has it ever? A universe that has always stayed the tried and true path is the McSauce universe. You can find. The ongoing adventures at mixsauce.com. You can check out the reviews, the webcomic, as well as this podcast. So if you go to mixsauce.com, you'll be greeted with all, all of our happy comic styled faces. The best way to follow any updates or any of the news that we have, or any news comic related or just in general, is to follow us on the Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com slash mixsauce and like us there, you can join the other 756 people that have liked mixsauce and are greeted each day with updates on the movies that that we love as well as some of the things that we're up to. You can find the podcast a variety of different ways. If you go to iTunes Store, that's usually the easiest way. Stitcher also is a great way to stream the podcast if you don't have enough space to download the whole hearty meal of our podcast and you just want to stream on the go, go to Stitcher Radio. Podomatic also has streaming options as well as you can download. And if you're looking for some of the old time classes, classics, go to McSaucePodcast.com libsyn.com and you can check out all of the 141 140 at this point episodes that have come before this one um i wanted to mention one thing that in uh housekeeping here we're currently it looks like from one of our old time comic-con friends tom lynch of 30extralives.com and the cat always dies.com we're Looks like we're crossing over. We've the McSauce comic book series has joined the 30 Extra Live series in their multiverse. Uh, this week in his comic strip, it looks like we're featured here with a, a ninja, his characters. It looks like the character from his other strip, the cat who always dies. 
and, uh, and Frankenstein and us hanging out there. So check out our good buddy Tom Lynch at 30extralives.com. You can also find his other work, The Cat Who Always Dies, at thecathoalwaysdies.com. Congratulations on 10 years of webcomics, Tom. Yeah, that's pretty strong, Tom. Congrats, man. Even though your your opinion on Spider-Man and Spider-Island is <laughs> complete dog shit, uh, your comic is very funny, buddy. Is that the end of housekeeping? It's all clean. We're wrapping it up? What do you guys want to do first? You want to do Daredevil? You want to do Rebirth? Where are we going? Uh, why don't we do Daredevil? Uh, Daredevil. We just watched the season two Daredevil part one trailer. The trailer seems to be getting more more advanced as we go along. We're gonna get a part two, which I assume will feature Elektra prominently. Is that coming out tomorrow? I'm assuming. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I'm only asking because I I feel like we do the show on Monday nights and then Tuesday everything breaking comic is. news always happens so. I don't know when part two is going to come out. I'm pretty sure the end of that trailer told us, but I wasn't paying attention. But we're here to talk about part one. The Punisher-heavy Daredevil trailer. It didn't look like Daredevil was going to have any real villain other than the Punisher this season. Going along with the trend of heroes fighting heroes, even though the Punisher is just quasi-hero. Because he's super psychopath are we okay with the Punisher being the bad guy are we okay with him not having the skull on his shirt I'll answer uh, thanks Matt jump on yeah, in here no problem so I'm okay with him being the villain although I don't think he's the villain I think they're playing him exactly the way that he's supposed to be he's kind of like that you know, that guy that does the stuff that you kind of approve of, but you'd never admit to it. Uh, and he's doing it, like, and it looks like he's like doing Trump. it accurately. <laughs> yeah, like Donald Trump. And uh, and I do not like that he doesn't have the skull on his shirt. Uh, there's no reason for him not to have the skull on his shirt. Um, they've gone as far as to give Daredevil the red costume and the horns and everything. Give him the fucking skull. It's the Punisher. It is his trademark symbol. Uh, it, it, it's just absurd that he doesn't have it. It's it's stupid. Do you think that it's something that might be coming? Just like how we all were upset about Daredevil not having the red costume? It, it's very possible. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm already segueing into uh, Daredevil's costume. But in all the production stills that I saw of Daredevil's costume at the end of season one, it looked kind of stupid. And everything that I've seen in motion and in the shadows and you don't see a very clear uh, look at it, it looks pretty good. It looks really good. The Daredevil's costume? Yeah. In this trailer? Yeah. Do you, am I wrong on that? I don't like it. It doesn't bother me at all. I think it looks good. Like, it looks... It's a very dark show, right? But I can tell that as a red costume. There's... Did you see the clip where he's chained up to the chimney was that in the trailer where it's like 50, no, it's, a, it's it, like 50 it's 50 still. black and red no it's a the motion photo because there's 
Is that a video? I think, a, <laughs> I think it's a vine or something because like he's struggling against it in the one that I saw. But the costume's very black and white. It looks like the crown of his forehead is all black and the horns are black, but everything else is still kind of red with some black chest pieces. But in this one, you get a bunch of different looks at it where there's like stitching coming down the forehead in one piece. Early on in the trailer, it looks like it's all red. Uh, I loved... I didn't think I was going to, but I love the all-black costume uh-huh. from season one. Uh-huh. And when they went to the more traditional red at the end, I fucking hated it. Well, I think it looks like, just from that chained-up uh, motion f- photo, as you called it, I have just one that isn't moving right here. It's just a regular photo. It's a photo. It looks a like, non-moving photo. It looks like they added... I swear there's a fucking vine or you, something it, there. You could be right. You could be right. Um, I've only seen the just the picture. And Matt, don't you get condescending about motion photo. That's what Apple calls shit now. You know what? Settle down there. And those are your boys. Because we're not, this Apple's gentleman. not on trial here, sir. It's you and your motion photo. Yeah, let, let's not lose sight of the fact that Ian called you out on motion photos, okay? He was right, but that's beside oh, the yeah, okay. I was losing track. I was like, what are we pouncing on here? What so can listen, I fucking listen. find about? Yeah. Can yeah. I... The, can, no. can I talk about the picture. Okay, know? the picture, it looks like there's more black in this costume than the uh, costume from the end of season one. Yes, correct. And I think that's a good call because it was overkill. With that first version, it was too... It was too red. It was too... It was too goofy looking like i didn't it was too armored up like i i want to see the sleek comic book version of daredevil i understand it was the black costume was the sleek comic book version but he was getting his ass kicked he was getting cut up all over the place he needs to add some kind of armor but do some weird batman v superman shit with the armor where it's just like a thin heavy duty chainmail that the guy that makes superhero costumes is able to come up with. Like, I don't think it needs to look like, you know, hockey pads with no jersey on top of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like where the armor went. I don't like the way the helmet's laid out. I don't like the way it covers the nose. um, Maybe once I see more of it in season two, I'll feel better about it. Was it just me, or did did we see his nose in the trailer? Was his like mask getting like torn off or something? Well, yeah. what was, what was kind of neat is that through the trailer, it looks like his costume goes through some heavy duty beatdowns, and you know there's a couple different versions of it in that trailer, and I like that aspect of it that, that it's always evolving and it's always changing, and sometimes he needs to stitch it back together himself. Because it looked clearly cracked right. down the center yeah. of the, the front of his face. And overall, I like the fact that Daredevil gets his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. I've always liked that about my heroes. When Spider-Man gets yeah. his ass kicked, that's always the fun of it. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Um, but the general design of the costume, I want it to be more streamlined and more form-fitting like the Season 1 Black costume. Yeah. I don't need to see specific pieces of armor or padding and that's it, it bums me out a little bit yeah um i forget what i was gonna say well he does, he does get his ass kind of handed to him and it looked like he did in the first season and the season looks no different but correct me if i'm wrong but daredevil in the comic books does have some super strength and some 
superhero abilities. Well, but it, those are the, those are those weird those weird gimme powers that as soon as you get some superpowers, like you get super strength and you get an extended super strength and invulnerability. Like it's, the like, Flash shouldn't be able to take a bullet because that's not his power. He's just really fast. Well, the Flash right? shouldn't be able to run through like a twig on a tree. It should like give him a serious yeah, laceration. Yeah, but like the the vibrating stuff like that makes sense to me. But Flash shouldn't be able to just lift up a car. Uh-huh. But every superhero with one superpower seems to get those auxiliaries. Yeah. Right, they're they're standard. They come yeah, standard right. in all superheroes. Yeah, is that like a, a power, CD, is, like a CD player? Now. Well, like a CD player or power window? A CD player. How dare you? you have how about go. XM radio? <laughs> how about navigation? Those things are standard. Oh, navigation is not standard. Not standard. I don't I mean, know where you're shopping I, for cars. I like I like power windows. You need to go out of your way to not have power windows these days. Right. right. Maybe I haven't bought a car in a while. Well, it appears that Daredevil is the the manual windows of the <laughs> superhero <laughs> world because it doesn't appear that he has any super strength or any kind of super durability. He's a tough son of a bitch, but like he isn't like you know healing any faster than normal human or anything like that. And that's and how it, that's how it should be. I mean, all he has are enhanced senses that shouldn't affect so, his metabolism. So we don't like factor. we don't like. His oh, man, superhero powers. We don't like his superhero powers in the comics. We prefer the way they treat him in the show. Is that what we're getting at? I like it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's kind of fun to have an entire episode dedicated to him just being jacked up and getting stitched back together by Night Nurse. I mean, that's kind of fun because you never see that. And the hero takes a beating and... Yes? Would you say that... One of the reasons you're attracted to this aspect of Daredevil on the show is that this is how you feel emotionally. Uh, I would say that no. you're always getting beat up. I wouldn't say that at all. No, <laughs> I just like that about my characters. But I think that's fun to have all. all you we never see denial, the heroes. Denial is the first step. I think we're onto something here. <laughs> all right, Doctor Paul. I I think it's fun because. We don't. We rarely get to see the hero get put back together, and the the extent. It's very labor intensive that the series takes a lot of time to highlight and even build in an extra supporting character to say, yeah, we're gonna need somebody to fucking stitch this dude back together it's, every week. It's grueling, and I, and that's one of the, that's one of the things that's so great about this Daredevil show is that like I I love watching Arrow, and I absolutely love the Flash. And those are relatively normal dudes, especially Arrow, no superpowers. And they get their share, they get beat up. You know, Stephen Amell takes his shirt off and it's muscles on top of cutting muscles. Fuck yeah. And they put some scars and everything on top of it. And you know he's been through a lot, but you don't see it. Because by the time we're with Arrow now, he's an accomplished fighter. He's been Ra's al Ghul. He's capable of doing a lot of things. But Daredevil gets his ass whooped. And it's so great to see... This guy, just getting his ass kicked over and over again, but he keeps going back out there. He keeps helping over and over again at such detriment to himself. You don't get to see that in any other medium. No Marvel movie, no DC movie, no, you know, maybe in The Walking Dead TV show. Yeah. You get to see that. But Daredevil, I feel like Daredevil really takes it 
to the next step. Because Walking Dead's able to decompress everything and stretch everything out. Daredevil's 10 episodes. This guy's getting his ass kicked every episode and coming back for more. And something about that is very appealing to me. Maybe I need to look at my own emotional situation. Maybe. Is that what how you feel? You feel beaten down? Or are you just putting that on me? Your own feelings? Your own deep-seated... Oh, Dr. Ian. Maybe I'm deflecting. <laughs> Matt, why don't you jump in here? <laughs> Shit's getting real. Well, uh... Have a seat on the couch, Matt. Yeah, I'm fine with him uh, taking a, a vicious beating. Uh, Matt, and- do you not like Foggy because you see a little too much of yourself in Foggy Nelson? Uh, why? Do you, do you see part of me in Foggy Nelson? We're asking the questions here. No, I don't. <laughs> Thankfully, I do not. Because I don't like that character. You don't like the Is character? Or you don't like yourself? The... <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the portrayal of Classic Foggy Nelson. Classic closet case? Self-loather. I don't like... You don't the, like the actor or the character Foggy Nelson? I don't like the portrayal of the character on the show. I do like the character Foggy Nelson, but when I read Daredevil, that isn't Foggy Nelson to me. Uh, even in the trailer, um, he, you know, they've had a season to kind of get it right. It still doesn't seem to be Foggy Nelson. It just seems like some dude that I kind of... Does he have any dialogue in the trailer? Yeah, he, he yeah. says you've you've spilled your fair share of blood. blood yeah. Nonsense. And he's standing with the cops at one point, like the SWAT team, and it looks like... You just don't like his aiming face. Guns at him. I certainly don't, or his hair, but that's really not the point. Uh, however, when we're speaking of aesthetics... While I think the costume... You really accented that ass. Aesthetics? Aesthetics. Aesthetics. Boy, does his ass look good in that costume. No. Foggies. No, the Daredevil, the Daredevil costume is great, but I'm looking at pictures of Daredevil from the, uh, from the comics, and there's just something, and this is part of the reason why I like the character so much, because he has such a great visual. Because you don't have a whole lot of characters that are just a color, and that's it. That's their, that's right. their uniform. But it works so well uh, for this character, and they have kind of abandoned that in the show. And it's like a classic case of fixing what isn't broken. And it's like, why didn't they just make it red? What what's so hard? And not only that, but take all the armor and bullshit off of it. Make it sleek like it is in the comics. Like you said, Paul, like you had the, the sleek black outfit from season one. Make it red and you're pretty much done. We're in an absolute fictional universe. We're in a universe where Tony Stark and Iron Man and Captain America exist. These and, are and happening simultaneously yeah. with Daredevil. I don't think it's a stretch for what's the what's the, his Taylor's name? What's that guy's name from season one? I, f- I forget. It's an actual uh, villain. Right. I, I, don't, I don't remember who it is. I don't think it's a stretch for this guy to be like, hey, Matt, I found this material that's really going to help. It's going to be super sleek. It's not going to be bulky. And it looks just like the Daredevil costume. Or even if you're going to do all the armor... Just don't make it so noticeable. Just make it all red. Make it so that if you're seeing him from a little bit of a distance and some low light, it looks like he looks like Daredevil. Because the costume is really cool. It's all red. It looks good in silhouette with the horns. It looks good in color. You got the DD on the chest. There's nothing wrong with that costume. Just just do it. Just make it happen. Despite the fact that we all kind of don't love the Daredevil costume, I think that... 
the other aspects of not only this trailer, but the first season of Daredevil were pretty successful. Um, I'm really excited to see uh, Punisher in this version of Daredevil. I don't feel like he, like Matt said, I don't feel like he's a villain as much of a natural extension of what is happening, what's taking place in Hell's Kitchen with a vigilante that only goes so far. And, and, and he does, they, they say in the trailer, you know, you hit these guys and they get back up. I hit them, they stay down. It's, it is a natural and logical extension. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where they're going to take it. Yeah, and my point about him being the villain isn't that he is the villain, but it's, like, he's he's the he's adversary the, in the season. And he's the first, antagonist. Yeah, in this first trailer, I mean, we don't see any other problem happening in Hell's Kitchen right. that Daredevil needs to address, other than the Punisher. In the Part 2 version, once we see Elektra, you know, we may see the hand after that, and that's the real problem. And by the end, it's... Punisher and Daredevil teaming up to go after the hand. But as of right now, you know, at least for maybe the first five episodes of the season, it looks like it's Punisher is the quote-unquote bad guy. Well, I'd imagine that the problem is the power vacuum created by the Kingpin. Spoilers, Matt. The Kingpin uh, going to jail and the different families of the mob and the other... Um, you know, and the hand also included them fighting for control of the city so that's like the real conflict and then with the punisher stepping in to try to neutralize all of that stuff in a way that daredevil just can't what i like about that that picture ian that you had brought up with um daredevil and chains uh on the rooftop it is pulled straight out of welcome back frank the 12-part punisher story by garth ennis and steve dillon and uh, as cool as it is to see actual like comic book panels come to life, like I get a big thrill out of that because we all know I love when the page comes to life. I always hated Garth Ennis's portrayal of Daredevil in that series. <clears throat> Excuse me, in that series because he he was such a like a sissy Mary. Like he he almost was brought to tears. Because the Punisher, like, tormented him. And I think he murdered somebody in front of Daredevil, like a bad guy. And there's nothing Daredevil could do to stop it. And he's just like, why are you doing this? And it, well, it just, it reduced the character to kind of almost like a, a sad caricature of who he really is. The scenario was, there was a, um, one of Punisher's targets was going to be on... On the street below them, yeah. at a certain time, and the Punisher had his his sniper rifle out, and he also gave Daredevil a gun and said, "I'm going to kill this guy whenever he comes here. You have about five minutes to make up your mind. You can shoot me and stop me from killing this guy. Otherwise, That's I'm it. going That's to, yeah. you know, I'm going to take this dude out." And the he did kind of reduce Daredevil to tears, and Daredevil <clears throat> finally made the choice to pull the trigger. Of course, Frank Castle is no dummy. He didn't put a bullet in there, and he said, "Oh well, at least he had balls or something like that." And then went on to kill uh, the target. But I agree with you. I never really liked the way that Garth Ennis handled that. No, but that's I thought also, it was a little heavy. It's also the Punisher's book. It is, the and Punisher's it's right in Garth Ennis's. Superman's not going to kick Batman's ass in a Batman book. 
Uh, so not necessarily true. Daredevil's not going to kick the Punisher's ass. Not necessarily in the true. Book. Deathstroke guest starred in uh, in Batman, and he fucking beat the shit out of Batman. I don't think that you have to neuter. Was that Dan- never resolved in that arc? They were like, oh, Deathstroke kicked my ass. Next uh, arc, it, it, we're not going to resolve this. Ago. It's a long time ago. I don't so remember. I'm sure they resolved it. What I mean, no, it was resolved by the Punisher coming over and knocking Daredevil out, and then Daredevil woke up, you know, later and got out of the chains. Right, but it's it's the Punisher's book, so the Punisher is going to do Punisher things, and Daredevil's going to be the lackey, because it's... There are ways to give give equal... equal footing to both characters without reducing Right, you don't have to reduce one to a sniveling pile of dog shit. Exactly. And that's what they did with Daredevil, which was totally out of character. I mean, like, for example, if he he gives him the gun, not to get too nerdy for you, Paul, but if he gives him the gun, he'll be able to, like, sense if there's a bullet in the chamber to begin with. Like, he'll smell the gunpowder or whatever. Or, like, the weight of the gun or something. Like, some kind of fucking super nerdy shit. That's nerdy. But either way, I, I don't think that, that he, he was crying, sniveling. I, I don't think that Matt Murdock would have that kind of reaction. It was typical over-the-top Garth. And I love Garth Ennis, but it was a little too yeah, much. Yeah, even even looking up uh, different images from this issue, and this, you know, the this section of this book, I mean, man, Daredevil's a pussy. Yeah, and, and you know, I would say that, that Welcome Back, Frank, might be my all-time favorite Punisher story, but what they did to Daredevil was kind of unacceptable and borderline unforgivable. A better Punisher story might actually be that weird alternate universe version, The I think it was called The Punisher or Punisher, by Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon. That might have actually been better. I think it was, uh, was it Punisher Castle or something like I know what you're talking about. It was, and it's it sort was, of, like, it's sort of set in that same universe. Yeah, it was probably like 2010, 2009, somewhere in there. The Punisher was <clears throat> appropriately aged, so he still, I think he was at that time like a, uh, like a 50 to 60 year old Is man. No, he wasn't that old. Punisher he Max. Didn't, no. no, I think it was. I think it, it might have been called been Castle. Title. Like no, Punisher no, no, Castle. It, I know which one you're talking Castle. about, though. But he, he, he was appropriately. He didn't look it, but he was. They oh, talk okay. about how he was okay. in Vietnam, and and, and 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 the best part of the book was actually Bullseye. He was the craziest villain you've ever seen. Like the way that he he would try to become his targets. That wasn't it. And and Bullseye would essentially become the, the, the character that he was going to murder so he could understand them before he would kill them. And then they did the origin story with, uh, with the Kingpin. They explained his story with his girlfriend or wife or whatever it was. Just so good. So, so good. Um, that it, might be the the best Punisher. It's story. billed as the the final Punisher story because <laughs> spoilers they kill the Punisher at the end of that book. Um, so good. It is one of my favorites. It it's one of the books that did vault Jason Aaron up to the top of Marvel writers for me. There are other Punisher Max series. I think you're right though, Paul. I think it is a Punisher Max series. It, it may be, but there was a. There was a long-running Punisher Max series that was before that that had uh, Tim uh, Hildebrandt drawing all mm-hmm. the covers for years and years. Um, 
This did not fall into that category. These were, I believe they were Steve Dillon drawn covers. I know he did all the interiors. I want to say it was a 12-issue series. Does it sound about right? I thought that there were three trades. Three there trades? Were, there one? was the Kingpin-centric trade, the Bullseye-centric trade, and then the final one where it was kind of like him and the cops and he finally dies. Yeah, that, that you could be right. Um, but those, uh, those are the best Punisher stories. And the Punisher overall... I mean, I'm just really excited because it's a character that I've loved for a long, long time. So I'm yeah, excited to see a really good version of it. They, we've had representations in movies before. Three movies. None of them are what any of us would consider good movies. But I, I would say that they kind of all had at least something going for it. Uh, maybe not the original movie with Dolph Lundgren, but at least the, the second two had some things that were working. Hopefully... This is the, the definitive version. And I'm excited to see it because the Punisher is one of my all-time favorite characters. Although, with that said, so is Daredevil. And I haven't been, like, grabbed by the show. Like, I did watch a few episodes. But seeing this trailer kind of re-energizes me, gets me excited again. I'm going to try to catch up on... When does Season 2 start? March 25th, the same. So I have a lot of watching to do. Um, I'm up to the challenge. Canceling cable this week. I'm up to the challenge. Are you really going going straight up Netflix and Hulu? No cable for someone like yourself that doesn't really watch any TV. I think that's probably a good move. Yeah. March twenty fifth, same day we're gonna get our first DC Rebirth issues or issue. Is that There's a big uh, Jeff Johns written eighty page giant that Dan DiDio says will have the most controversial page that's ever been in a DC book wow. since he's been in charge at now, DC. Now, Hyperbole, thy name is the Dio. Now, speaking of Jeff Johns and Rebirth, do you, should we, is now a good time to have Jeff Johns kind of describe what this new Rebirth is? Well, I mean, he's here and he's been so graciously sitting in silence this whole time. Yeah, thanks for coming in tonight, Jeff. Could you explain to the McSauce comic book podcast listening audience what exactly DC Rebirth is? Hey guys, I'm Jeff Johns, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what Rebirth means. So I'm sure when it came up, you were like everybody else, curious, maybe a little cynical, unsure of what this meant. And that's why I'm here to talk to you about what it means. You know, when we started Green Lantern Rebirth, Hal Jordan was gone, the Green Lantern Corps was gone, Kilowog was gone, Sinestro was gone, Guy Gardner was some crazy alien guy, and it really didn't feel like Green Lantern to me. It didn't feel like the epic... You know, nature of what Green Lantern could be. And so by bringing Hal Jordan back, we didn't just bring him back. We brought the core back. We brought Sinestro back, Kilowog back. But it wasn't just about bringing things back. It was about really looking at what Green Lantern is all about. And that was willpower and courage over fear. That was epic storytelling across a canvas of intergalactic adventures and, and threats. And it was also about embracing the present, too. It was like Kyle Rayner, we brought him right into the center of that storyline and we kept him there. And that was really important to me, is that it wasn't about destroying anything. If anything, it was about taking all the elements from the past that were so great that were discarded and bringing them into the present. And then taking all that and moving to the future. And it led to Sinestro Corps and then ultimately Blackest Night. The second rebirth was the Flash rebirth. You had Wally and Jay and all the speedsters. They were great. The Speed Force was cool. The rogues were cool. And in this rebirth, we looked inward. We looked more at Barry Allen himself. 
giving him a backstory that he never had. So he told the story of, you know, his mother's killed and his father's arrested for it, and Barry Allen stops. Just emotionally, he stops. He's standing still, and he gets into forensic science. And he wants to exonerate his father, and he works in a crime lab, and one day, when he's working on his mother's case late at night, he's hit by a bolt of lightning. He gains super speed. And he's saving people, and he's finding joy in life. He's connecting with people again emotionally. He allows himself to move forward. After the Flash rebirth, it all led to Flashpoint. And, you know, from showcase to crisis to Flashpoint, the Flash has always been on the forefront of change at the DC Universe. There are some secrets we'll learn about the New 52 in the third rebirth, right? It's going to start with DC Universe Rebirth number one, this special that kicks off the entire rebirth event. And it's not just an event, but an ongoing mission for us. And we've been working for months and months and months with all the creative teams in editorial, Dan and Jim. And I'm sitting there with every single team and really zeroing in on Aquaman or Birds of Prey or Justice Society of America and saying, like, let's look at this and find out what we love about it. What did we love about it? What do we love about it? And really take all of that and build a better book, build a better universe. The whole point of Rebirth for all of us is to get back to the essence of the characters. I'll end this with saying the DC Universe Rebirth special, the very first couple lines in it, sum up um, what this is to me. So there's a picture of the world and the narrator, mysterious narrator says, I love this world, but there's something missing. Big thanks to Jeff yeah, Jones. Thanks for right, explaining see, that all. See you later, Jeff. He didn't even stay for any kind of Q&A. But what thanks a dick. for coming, John. Jeff Jones. Uh, Paul. Matt. Mr. Jones explained what Rebirth is. Although, I feel like I still don't fully understand <clears> what it is. And that was quite the explanation with dramatic music and everything. It was and cool I, that he brought that orchestra with It was him? very cool. I just wish that that I had a clearer idea of what it is. I mean, I've read what they're going to do. They're going to relaunch everything at number one, except for action comics and detective comics. They're going back to the old numbering so that they're going to be in the 900s and we're going to eventually hit 1,000. That's exciting, but I don't know what it is. What is it? Paul, you're the DC guy. Explain what is Rebirth. Here's what I can't justify with rolling out Rebirth to the entire line. Jeff Johns explained Green Lantern Rebirth, which was brilliant. Every marker hit where it was supposed to hit. Everything touched on the entire Green Lantern mythology from Hal Jordan's origin and even some of Alan Scott's origin up through... Guy Gardner and Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner, the entire Green Lantern mythology. Jeff Johns was able to distill it and bring it all together and make it all make sense. Okay. For one character. Right. And it was great, I think. Being a Green Lantern guy myself, I don't think I'm out of line saying it's the greatest Green Lantern run of all time. It was the run that kind of really made turned your... Turn your fandom from sort of like a Batman, the animated series fan, into a hardcore Green Lantern person. And I think probably drove you further into comic books than yeah. if anything else would have. Yeah, and uh, Flash Rebirth was really disappointing because they tried doing the same thing with Barry Allen. But 
there were they tried to catch lightning if you will oh they did and it didn't work as good as jeff johns and ethan van skyver are as a creative team it just didn't work because it was way more complicated the green lantern universe was you're you were really able to simplify the core of it into green lanterns are driven by willpower all you need is willpower to work the ring and there's a bunch of different beings in the universe that use this willpower they police the galaxy boom you're done simple easy but flash is like there's the speed force but different people can tap into the speed force and the speed force can take you back in time but you know there's different time travel aspects and then there's the there's all these different guys that have tapped into it and the way they did flash rebirth even for a DC guy like myself who knows who Max Mercury is and other obscure characters, it was really convoluted. Like, it just didn't... As, mu- as much as it may have made sense to them to streamline it, it wasn't streamlined. Like, it was it's, it was too complex. That description that uh, Mr. Johns explained before he left of Flash Rebirth was very succinct, and it sounded great. I remember reading it. I didn't finish it, but I do remember reading it and thinking, I don't understand what's going on. And that was in spite of, let's let's give kudos where they're deserved. That first issue of that first comic had some of the best artwork I think I've ever seen in a comic book. Especially the cover. That might be, it could be my all-time favorite comic book cover. High praise. Flash Rebirth number one. From a comic veteran. Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, and what's really going on here with the Rebirth branding is we're taking something that we have a lot of goodwill built up in to with the Rebirth title, and we're going to push that goodwill on our entire universe. I mean, that is what it is. I I don't think it really carries that goodwill with comic fans because legitimate comic fans know Green Lantern Rebirth was flawless. Flash Rebirth was a convoluted mess. So it's not like you're taking... They're one for one. Yeah, one, I mean, they're, they're 50%. One for two. Right. So you're taking you're taking a title, and it's not one like... One for two, sorry. It's not like something like Crisis, which is... It has all this meaning, and, you know, there's just these big events. Like, Rebirth, it's not... You guys didn't kill it both times. You got lucky on one because no one knows anything about Green Lantern. And you tried it again with Flash, but you tried too much, and it was still too. All right. Okay. So, so let me let me. And this lead well, this leads me to my problem with using the term rebirth for this whole thing. Right. Like, if you thought one character being the Flash was gonna work, and it didn't, what are you gonna do with the whole fucking universe? Okay. Like, how are you gonna justify Superman, Batman, Aquaman? Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Martian Manhunter. This is the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Let's break it down a little bit. Superman. Superman is a big mess right now. He's got a, a third of his real powers, a quarter of his powers. Um, he's got a ridiculous haircut. He wears jeans. It's not Superman. It's casual Superman. It's ca- it's it's bum it's Superman. cosplay Superman. It's bad cosplay Superman. I've seen. I saw better Superman cosplaying this weekend. But if they're gonna rebirth Superman. Now's a good time. 
Now is also a good time to rebirth Batman, or should I say Commissioner Gordon with rabbit ears. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're two marquee characters that they have this incredible movie with all this hype and, and promotion and marketing push behind it, and they're going to come out with uh, the, the comic books where the, the main character isn't even like in it. it, it you need to fix it. And Rebirth is a good opportunity to fix both of those characters right now. Paul, you mentioned that it's it's one for two. It's 50%. It's the next best moniker that they have to use. They've already used Crisis to death, so they can't really do that. I think that it's their next best choice. And a lot of people associate Rebirth with all the good feel Myself, I, I read Flash Rebirth, and I was like, oh, this is kind of confusing, but whatever. Um, I associate the words Rebirth with Green Lantern and the really large success that was that, that happened with that particular relaunch. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of comic book fans might not look as harshly at it as you do. Like, I know that there were two of them, and I know one was less successful, but I'm focusing on, well... You know, they're trying to do what they did with Green Lantern. Sure. It's going to be difficult because, as you mentioned, it was one writer focusing and streamlining down a universe. Uh, and it's it, and Jeff Johns was at the height of his powers at that point. Uh, that was really what he 